Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-re may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. And welcome into another episode of The Sharp Edge. Alongside the legend, handicapper Brandon Lang. You can check out his work at brandonlang.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Reminder, be sure to subscribe to The Sharp Edge Sports Betting Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Check us out on Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. You can just type in Brandon Lang or Scott Seidenberg on your podcast app or type in The Sharp sharp edge well you're gonna find us we're gonna be there and we're gonna be talking about all the games uh brandon before we get into the college football and the nfl action for this weekend the league championship series starts tonight as we record this on friday uh in major league baseball the nlcs nationals against the uh cardinals and the alcs you get the yankees and the astros who do you have going to the world series wow dave roberts i would hate to be him I mean, there's a lot of people I'd hate to be, but to have to live with the choice, it's almost like the same feeling as Terry Collins leaving Matt Harvey in and when he should have took him out Yep. in the World Series against the Royals. It's the same identical situation. The difference is Kershaw got the out he needed. His bullpen was set up to go right through the heart of the order with, with everybody he needed. Um, I know you're paying him the big bucks, but you're a manager, and you get to pay the big bucks to make the tough decisions. And that's Kerr, way to get us out of the seventh. Nice job. Now my bullpen's set up. Let's go get ready to advance. And it's amazing how managers, um, the good ones, the really good ones, the Tony LaRussos, uh, uh, even Joe Girardi, even Joe Torre, you're not afraid to make the unpopular decision if it's the right decision. There's no mm-hmm. way the Dodgers should have lost to the Nationals. No way in hell. But they did. Well, so, sometimes baseball. what sometimes what, what bothers me, and I know what bothers baseball fans, is that you manage a certain way the entire season, right? And you utilize your bullpen yep. guys because that's how they got you there. And then all of a sudden, yep. because it's a playoff game, now you're putting guys in roles that they're just not used to doing. And yeah. then I don't care if he might be the greatest starting pitcher in the world, but there's something about going through your preparation and starting a baseball game versus – coming in in the middle of a game or at the end of a game and out of the bullpen. It's a different situation. And these guys that are such creatures of habit, it's just not good for them. And I, I just think that that's why I favor the Yankees, uh, to be honest, because they're not going to mess around. You know, Aaron Boone has a model. He's got a plan. He knows he's going to use his bullpen guys. You're not going to see Masahiro Tanaka come out and pitch the eighth inning of one of these games. Right. He's got Britain. He's got Chapman. He's got Ottavino. He's got Canely. He's got Green. You're not going to see, uh, you know, a starter come out and pitch the seventh inning. No, that's why the Yankees are going to win the World Series, in my opinion. Well, I couldn't have said it better. That just manage the way you managed in the regular season. Um, Kevin Cash utilized Tampa Bay's entire pitching staff the entire season. Um, yes. Game four, 
Diego Castillo went one and two thirds. Was pitching great, but probably left him in for another inning. Nope. Let me bring in Yarborough. Let me bring in. I mean, it was amazing. But that's what he did all season. Right. Right. They just ran into a buzzsaw with Cole. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I tend to think that the Yankees can beat Houston. The problem is, and I think the the key is not Verlander, not Cole, because Verlander and Cole combined will win three games. Mark it down right now. Bet it right now. Verlander and Cole will win three games between them. The wild card is Granky. Which, and I said this before, and I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it again. Uh, the fact that Granky is going in Houston is a huge advantage for the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all, I, Yankee fans, the- Yankee fans want to be like, oh well, now that we don't, you know, Verlander and Cole get pushed back, and Granky's got to start earlier. Yeah. So you think they want Granky pitching at Yankee Stadium? No, they want Granky yeah. pitching in Houston. It's a huge yeah. advantage for them. Yep. So if he wins a game. Yankees aren't going to World Series. All right. He can't, he can't, he cannot win a game. If he picks up one, it's just like Kevin Millar when, when they were down 3 0 against the Yankees and Kevin Millar was walking around the field before the game and he goes, You better beat us tonight. You better sweep us tonight. You better beat us 4 0. You better beat us 4 0. Because if you let us win tonight, we got Pedro going tomorrow. We got Schill in Game Six, and yep. anything could happen in Game Seven. And what yep. happened? Exactly. David Roberts Steele, Ortiz, boom. Then Pedro pitched the gem. Schill did what he did, and then Kevin Brown imploded in Game Seven. See ya, Game Seven match. So it'll be interesting. Um, well, how series price: uh, Yankees plus one forty-eight for the series. Astros minus one seventy-four. Uh, Nationals a small minus one thirty-four favorite over the Cardinals, who are plus one fourteen. Uh, that series obviously starting Friday night. Uh, let's jump into college football here, Brandon, on the weekend. And I, w- I want to throw a little stat at you, and I want to get your opinion on what's going to happen with this stat. Okay, uh, Ralph Michaels, who does a great job wager talk, talk, he throws out all the stats on Twitter and whatnot. Teams that start the year unranked and then go into the top 25 for the first time of the season, they're one in nine against the spread in those games, their first game into the top 25. Three teams this week are entering the top 25 for the first time this season. Baylor, who is an 11-point favorite against Texas Tech. Memphis, who is a three no four and a half point favorite at temple and cincinnati who is a seven and a half point favorite at houston which one if any or more than one will not cover the spread well i got great numbers on all three of those games um but first let's just recap auburn florida if we can. Um, Bo Nix couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. If you would have parked a semi-truck five yards in front of that little prick, he wouldn't have hit it. He looked like a freshman. He looked like a freshman. They were down 17-13. They take over in their own eight-yard line. Gus Malzahn calls the perfect series 
right down the field. Boom, 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 boom. First and goal at the eight. He calls a run play. They gain two yards. Everything's set up. He calls the slant. It's wide open. It's a touchdown. Auburn wins 2017. Yeah, baby. He threw it 100 yards behind the receiver. He hit a hot dog vendor in the lower bowl, knocked him down. Ball ricocheted to the upper deck, knocked the beer vendor down. He fell a whole flight down and landed in the lower deck. And I think the ball's still spinning somewhere outside the stadium. In fact, I heard Bo Nix call Baker Mayfield and said, listen, let's meet on an overpass. We'll get a bucket full. We'll get a whole satchel full of balls. And we'll just see if we can hit semi-trucks coming underneath the freeway. Because we suck. We fucking suck. It's unreal how bad his play was at quarterback. And it just goes to show you that if you don't have great quarterback play, you ain't winning football games, college or pro. Simple as that. You you better have – look at Daniel Jones last night. 160 yards, three picks, quarterback play, man. Quarterback play. Temple, 7-0 against the spread as a home dog of 12 or fewer points. And first-year head coach Rod Carey is in that position in the game against Memphis. Gets better. The other game you talked about, Cincinnati, which, by the way, I said Houston was going to be fine with that backup quarterback who came in. And I believe that he engineered a nice win, first game out of the box. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just came across the number with them. Uh, Like I said, um, when King King and Corbin said, well, we're we're going to redshirt, Clayton Toon came in with the the 46-25 win as a 7.5 point dog at North Texas. And I talked about it on radio. I said, keep an eye on Houston getting 7.5 at North Texas. this is a Houston team, 5-0 and against the spread as a home dog since 2013. Um, it's a Bearcat team that looked really good and beaten UCF. But I'm telling you, 1-4-1 and against the spread in their last six games when coming off a straight-up underdog win. Um, Houston gets it done. Baylor's got a chance to be the only team, I think, to cover the number, only because of the job Matt Rule did. You get the big win over Iowa State at home. You have to go on a drive to kick a field goal to win after you blew a 20 nothing lead, and you get up off the deck, get the field goal, win the game. Then you got to go on the road, huge flat spot for Matt Rule and Baylor, um, and take a fundamentally sound Kansas State team, and you just don't beat them. You bury them. Yep. Just goes to show you the job Matt Rule did at Temple, great hire by Baylor after the head coach rapist uh, Bryles, who just recruited guys and said, come come on campus and rape as many girls as you want. What a scumbag this fucking guy was. He knew it. He knew these guys were rotten mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. did nothing but just under his way. It's the same thing as Joe Paterno. Don't get me started on that. You knew. You knew Sandusky was rotten to the core, and you thought you were just going to sweep it underneath the carpet. Same with that fat fucking piece of shit gymnast coach at Mich- Michigan State when the first girl came to her and said to her, 14 years earlier, he touched me. And she said, no, we got to sweep it underneath the carpet. We'll bring the whole program. This is all on her. It's all on Art Bryles, and it's all on Joe Paterno. And Matt Rule came in in one of the worst situations, and, man, good for him. I think Baylor has a chance to, to, to cover that number. I'm a big fan of Matt Rule and what he's doing at Baylor. How are you playing the Red River shootout here? Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, 10.5-point favorites. Texas, of course, pulled the upset off last year. Listen to me, I'm going to tell you something right now. 
16 times Ron Herman has been an underdog as a coach. He's 13-3 and three against the spread. Go one step further. Five times in that 13-3 and three run, he has been a double-digit underdog. He is 5-0 and oh against the spread. Last but not least, in last six Red River rivalry showdowns in the regular season, Texas has covered all six. I know people are hyped about Oklahoma and their offense. Texas has got some offense, too. And I think in this case, getting double digits. Let's be honest here. Texas is a third down and 18 stop away from probably beating LSU and probably ranked in the top five. Texas beats LSU. They're undefeated. They're ranked in the top five. Think about that for a minute. And then you'd have a top five or top, you know, you'd have number five versus number six or look, six versus 11 is pretty good, but you're right. Ten and a half is just too much in this game. Uh, I still think Oklahoma wins, uh, but I don't think it's going to be by double digits. This is a game that this is this is the season for both of these teams. I know you want to talk about the Big 12 title game and hey, maybe there's going to be a rematch in the Big 12 title game between these two teams. We don't know. Uh, but in terms of the biggest game of the year, this is it. This is the one that's circled on their calendars. And I think that double digits, no matter who's getting the points, is just too much in this rivalry. Agreed. Agreed. Got to take the points. Any other college game that jump out to you? How about Penn State, Iowa on Saturday night? You know, I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. I'm opinionated. People tell me I'm opinionated. People who know me, people who know me closely say I'm the guy that says the things that other guys think about but are afraid to say. (laughs) That's it. I can see that. With no, no, my wife says no filter. You know, if I feel it, I say it. And we'll deal with the baggage or the damage afterwards. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh is a cocky son of a bitch. I do. And I was so, so pissed last week that Iowa, they're, again, talk about quarterback play. He was garbage. Senior quarterback on the road in a winnable game, and he was garbage. Just like Bo Nix, just like Baker Mayfield. Now he's back home in a good spot here. I just get the feeling Iowa rebounds plus the points. Um, Frentz is a is, is a feisty home dog. I don't see I don't see him having two bad games in a row. Um, I think it was an aberration. Um, my satisfaction is going to come when Jim Harbaugh at the end of the year loses to Ohio State by about forty, and then he's fired, and then he's coaching that Friday Night Tykes team down in Miami Dade County. Um, <laughs> some numbers for you: um, Iowa courtesy of three interceptions and a fumble against the Wolverines. After a straight-up and against-the-spread loss under Ferentz, 49-2 straight-up, 43-6-2 against the spread in games when holding opponents to 10 or fewer points. They held Michigan to 10 or fewer points, 49-2 straight-up after a straight-up and against-the-spread loss. Wow. I'm telling you, man. 
Nittany Lions two and seven against the spread. Big Ten road chalk of less than fourteen. Iowa eight and two against the number as a conference home dog of more than three points. Um, let's not forget the Hawkeyes are the number one team in the country defensively in the red zone, number three overall in time of possession, and number five in overall defense at just 261 yards per game. Pretty uh, staggering numbers there. Uh, finally, LSU and Florida. Uh, LSU's got way too much talent, in my opinion, in this game. I love Joe Burrow. He's a Heisman Trophy finalist, in my opinion. Uh, Florida coming off that big win against Auburn. This is a dangerous spot for them on the road in Baton Rouge. Very tough place to play in Tiger Stadium. Fucking Bo Nicks. You and your dad, you sloppy bastards. God, that game was so winnable. So winnable. It really was. So winnable. I mean, it it just – so now we're going to find out is Florida for real. Um, I don't know. I, I have no – I try to be objective when handicapping this game and talking on radio, but I want to see Florida lose by 50. I just want to see uh, – let's get to the NFL. All right, we go to the NFL. Uh, A lot of interesting spreads this uh, this Sunday. A couple of games that jump out at me right away. The Seahawks going into Cleveland uh, based off the way that the Browns played on that disappointing game against the 49ers and the way that the Seahawks have just shown their their not not about resurgence, but their ability to just get off the deck, if you will. I don't see the Browns winning this game. How about you? Let me ask you a question. Sometimes we're fooled in the NFL. Sometimes something happens the week before, and you're just fooled. And here's my question. After their Sunday night debauchery against the L.A. Rams, and you saw... Debauchery Part 2, Monday night against the Niners. Uh-huh. I know they bounced back with a big win against the Ravens That's on the my road. question. How did they beat the Ravens? Because the Ravens are overrated. How did, how did they go in there and not only beat the Ravens, but... Nick Chubb went off. Nick Chubb went off. He had that long touchdown run. He had a great day, and that's how they won that game. They still allowed... They still allowed... Uh, Lamar Jackson to do what he does. Just the Ravens defense could not stop Nick Chubb in that game. I don't think the Seahawks are going to allow Nick Chubb to run all over them. I just don't see it. No, no. The value of the number is it's one and a half. And I think you just keep, I, 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 listen, I think going forward, people who know me, people who talk about me, people who have listened to me know I'm a big proponent of right side of games and wrong side of games. And just, you're just trying to get on the right side of games. And if you get on the right side of games, you're going to win more games than you lose. Now, sometimes you can't get on the right side of the game. For whatever reason, the line, the situation, handicapping principles, you just fool yourself thinking what the right side of the game is. For the most part, I pride myself on being able to get on the right side of the game. Well, we've had a winning month of May, winning month of June, winning month of July, winning month of August. The Cleveland Rams game on Sunday night cost me the winning month of February, and I'm 6-4 and four in October. So, overall, I've been getting on a lot of right side of games. I think any game Cleveland plays in the rest of the year is the wrong side of the game. Even if they happen to show up, and even if they happen to beat a Baltimore team, on a whole, 
you can't, you either go against them or stay away because of the inconsistency of the play calling, the inconsistency of Baker Mayfield, the inconsistency of their secondary. Um, this is a football team that's not going in the right direction. And they may have their moments because of their talent, but collectively as a group being led by a man who, as I said two weeks ago, should not be a head coach in the NFL. He should not. There's no way. If you look at Freddie Kitchen, he's the manager that comes out of the back room at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and he takes three pieces and throws them on a plate, and his shirt's greasy, and his and he's just got a fat belly, and he looks at his workers, and he points out the fries aren't whatever, the mashed potato thing, and clean up, and he turns around. As he turns around, his shirt's all un tucked and his fat ass is hanging out and you see his crack as he walks back in his office to eat his chicken. That's what I see Freddie Kitchen, what he should be doing in life. You watch him on the sidelines. Sure fuck doesn't look like an NFL coach. He doesn't. Looks like a guy who's sitting there going, where's my next meal? What fast food place is it going to be from? And afterwards, do I top it off with Baskin Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts or do I just go home? When I go home, I got my fat wife sitting there eating a whole pint of hog and ice cream saying, honey, you're home. That's fucking Freddie. That's, that's Freddie Kitchen. Fuck Cleveland. Fuck Freddie Kitchen. All right, let's go Seattle. Uh, next, uh, here's an interesting nugget here. Favorites of three or more off of, lo- off of a loss as a favorite against a winless team like the Dallas Cowboys are here on Sunday, 10-0-1 against the spread. We like the Cowboys laying seven, even in Sam Darnold's return. Let me tell you something. Last week on this show, I said the value play of the week was probably Minnesota. Did I not? Mm-hmm. I said that defense coming in, um, facing a rookie quarterback and Daniel Jones, it was just teed up for Minnesota. Now that people's opinion has come down on Dallas, now you get value with Dallas. Let me explain. Dallas is undefeated. They go on the road. They go to the Saints. They're overvalued at three and a half. They lose outright. They come home. They're overvalued again against the Packers, and they lose outright. Um, last week on the show, I talked about a stat that the Cowboys coming off a straight up and against the spread loss and are installed as a div- non-division favorite in their next game were – one and eighteen against the spread. Well, we can make that one and nineteen because they lost outright to Green Bay. So they were overvalued at Saints. They were overvalued against Packers. Now they're undervalued against the Jets because of how they match up with the Jets. And I think Dallas gets off the deck here, and I Me like too. them in this spot yep. to go in here and dominate the Jets. You listen. If Dallas were in the feet of this line, it would be 11, it would be 10. Then you're getting tremendous value. And if you think Sam Darnold is going to show up after battling mono for four weeks and, 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 and face Dallas and just run away and hide, um, I don't see it. I think the Cowboys are in a great spot. Jets 1-9 against, against the spread in the second of consecutive games versus the NFC. Now, off of that game right there, let's go to Seattle and Jack, uh, Jacksonville and the Saints. Drew Brees goes out. Whole world hits the panic button. Whole world leaves them from dead. What do you get? You get an undervalued Saints team that goes into Seattle plus five 
and runs them out of the building. Then they come back home, and you get an undervalued Saints team, plus three and a half at home over Dallas. They win outright. Last week, here comes Tampa Bay off the win against the Rams, and you get an undervalued Saints team laying two and a half at home, and they win by double digits over Tampa Bay. So here we are week four without Drew Brees. And they're undervalued again. Yep. Jacksonville is a one-point favorite. And, Scott, all Teddy Bridgewater does is, is win. win. He's a winner. 27-6 and six as an NFL starter. He's 18-2 and two against the spread in his career against non-division opponents. And if that opponent's coming off a loss, Teddy B, 10-0 and 0 against the number. All he does. And the late Al Davis's word, just win, baby. Just win. Sunday night, the uh, bolt up. The char the Chargers are a favorite over the Steelers, and there's no home field advantage in that StubHub Center or whatever it's called now. I think it's a, a Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. There, uh, I, I can't buy them as a favorite. I can't buy them as a favorite of nearly a touchdown despite the fact that the Steelers are on their third-string quarterback, I like the Steelers to cover this number. Philip Crimea Rivers. Philip Crimea Rivers is the assistant manager for Freddie Kitchens. At that <laughs> He's got to feed those River, kids somehow. I mean, come on. Eight kids. I'd say three of them are working there, probably at the drive-thru and at the counter. Um, the man just continues to bury people. They're three and seventeen against the spread in their fourth home game of the year, in which they own a greater than five hundred record. Pittsburgh twelve and four straight up, fourteen and two against the spread as a visiting underdog with revenge in AFC West clashes. I'm telling you right now, um Steelers six and one against the spread last seven games as a series visitor in this matchup. I don't trust Philip Rivers ever. I'm with you. Pittsburgh plus the points. A full touchdown. I like him. Another spread that's that was uh, almost a touchdown. It's actually down. It's four and a half now is the Texans and the Chiefs. And, and you know, Brandon, Deshaun Watson covers spreads. I mean, when he loses games, it's not by a touchdown. It's usually between the three and six range here. Well, Scott, you hit the nail on the head because one thing about Deshaun Watson is he's like a Rottweiler in heat when it comes to getting points. In his NFL career as a starter, he's 8-2-1 and one as an underdog. And if the team he's playing is coming off a loss, it's happened four times, he's a perfect 4-0 against the spread. I've said for, for weeks now, I believe the Chiefs' defense is living on borrowed time. It's only a matter of time before they get exploited. I think Houston is all systems go offensively, getting more than a field goal in this spot. Mahomes banged up. you got to ride Deshaun Watson plus the points, Houston, all day long. Uh, I got one final play. Uh, tell, tell me why I like this so much, and, and if I'm on the wrong side of it, then tell me I'm on the wrong side of it. I can't get off the Eagles getting three points against Minnesota. I think Kirk Cousins against a good defense like Philadelphia is a recipe for disaster. I love this Eagles team. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, although the Saints might have something to say about that. Uh, tell me why I, I can't get myself off of betting the Eagles plus the three points. Mike Zimmer. Outside of the NFC North, 
as a home favorite. So for those of you listening, that's a home favorite against anyone not Chicago, Green Bay, Detroit. 20 and 2 straight up, 19 2 and 1 against the spread. Wow. Be careful with that one there. Wow. Okay. Well, this is why I needed to ask you because you can talk me away from picks like that. Thank you for doing that. I'll still bet it and lose it. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, my like... man. Real good stuff, my man. Hey, Freddie, give me, uh, give me, uh, give me the three-piece original: mashed potatoes and gravy, macaroni and cheese, and give me an extra biscuit, you fat bitch. That's all I got, for Scott. Good Goodbye. podcast this week. <laughs> Goodbye. Ah, there you have it. He is Brandon Lang. Once again, check out his stuff at brandonlang.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can always follow me on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I post the picks every single weekend. College football plays on the year, 35 and 17 year-to-date record. So I'll post those picks coming up on Saturday. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can check us out on Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. Until next week, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.